your noontime look at the financial world. What's trending in Chicago business? The midday numbers. John has the Wind Trust Business Lunch now. Money, 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 money. Except this is Steve Dale for John Williams. Uh, and we kick it off with Tom Gimble. He is the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network. That's a national staffing, recruiting, and culture firm. LaSalle has been named in the top 5,000 list of the fastest-growing companies for 12 years. Fortune's best companies to work for in Chicago, best medium workplaces. And I presume, Tom, if you say to folks, okay, you guys can have a four-day work week, people would say, well, this really is the best place to work. Is that a reality coming for at least some of us? I was just hoping you'd keep listing off those awards. I was starting to believe it. It felt nice. <laughs> well, it is impressive. Um, and it, it must be a great um, place to work today. Would it be greater if you had a four-day work week? Or would some people say, well, that means longer hours every day of those four days? So maybe that yeah, isn't good. I, I think we're in this situation professionally and societal, societal-wise that – we're looking for, for clicks, we're looking for viewers, we're looking for this, that, and the other thing. So we're coming up with any idea, and we've got this disconnect where the, the squeaky the squeaky wheel's looking for anything easier or better, and it just doesn't work that way. And what I mean by that is if you take four days off, if the whole company had four days off, what do you do when your clients or, or vendors don't have that, that fifth day off? Who's servicing them? Who's helping them? And so you say, well, half the company will have it off on Monday and then the other half on Friday. And it's just like, okay, well, eventually, if you give everybody an option, what do you do when everybody wants the same option? And and you get in this situation of the tail wagging the dog. And I circle back to this. And I know that things need to change and things have changed a lot for business. But when you look at this, if I would have rolled out this scenario of working from home one to two days a week pre-COVID, everybody would have jumped on it and signed a lifetime contract. Today they're looking for, how can I get more? How can I get more? How can I get more? And that's just not a recipe for success. You know, if you go to and talk to Europeans, they say we're crazy. We work way too much. They have much more holiday time off, as they call it, compared to us. And it's not unusual for some European countries, particularly post-pandemic, some companies in those countries to say, okay, four-day work week, that's fine. Or you work five days a week, but look at all the time you have off. Uh, are we moving as a culture in a different direction? Well, the question I would ask you is, if that way is so great, why do all the immigrants want to come to America? Well, they're not necessarily immigrants from countries I'm talking about, and I'm not necessarily. No, no, no. I understand that. My question is: my question is, why aren't the immigrants that are coming here going to European countries? Uh, probably easier to come to America if you're from South America. Well, I, I, don't uh, I don't know. Well, and why is it easier? Because America is built on pure capitalism. It's built on the work ethic that we have. We're always looking for more workers. We have more projects going. It's a country about that was built by entrepreneurs and still continues to be entrepreneurial in spirit. We don't have monarchies, uh, uh, figureheads or not, right? We, this, this country was built on the aspect of, of a meritocracy, unlike any other country in the world. 
And today we've gotten to a point, whether it's due to social media or any other reasoning, that people are saying, well, this isn't as good as what I think it should be. But where else can you get somebody like Bill Clinton or Barack Obama who can become president or Brandon Johnson who can be elected mayor of the third biggest city in the country or companies like Google that weren't even around 40 years ago and today are one of the largest countries in the world. And that's what the work ethic gets you. That's why the immigrants come here. And you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You, you got you to pick or choose. So I hear from you that the American dream is still a possibility. I mean, if you talk to people who immigrated here in the 1930s, 40s, 50s even, uh, they will tell you how their life changed if they worked hard enough. That was the secret. Is that still true? Oh, I think there's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I think it's unbelievable. And I think with the advent of technology that it's easier because you, you can, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're inclined as a technology-driven engineer-based person, you can do it so many different ways. But even if you're blue-collar or, or any level of white-collar, what, what's changed is, is the people who were born into some sort of affluence, and I'm not talking major wealth, but some sort of affluence, they don't want to work as hard. You get people who are immigrants or first or second generation immigrants, and they want to. They want everything America is willing to give them. It's the other people that don't want to lay it down and don't want to work and don't want to go 50 hours or 60 hours like their grandparents or their great-grandparents did. Those are the people saying, change the rules. I don't like the game anymore. Hmm. Interesting perspective. Tom Gimbel is the CEO of LaSalle Network. Uh, I, will, I want to ask you, Tom, about artificial intelligence. Tom Gimbel is the founder and CEO of LaSalle Network. He is here on the Wintrust Business Lunch. I'm Steve Dale here for John Williams. Tom, artificial intelligence, that's kind of been the buzzword or two words. In 2024, are we really going to see this take off or are we talking about 2030 or some such thing? No, no. A- AI is here now. And it'll play a bigger role in 2024 and every year thereafter. But, you know, kind of like how people thought the Internet would, would ruin business or, 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 or um, online retail would kill brick-and-mortar retail, you know, we'll, we'll quote a little Mark, Mark Twain here and say, you know, the, the my – what is it? What is, you help me, Steve. What is it? <laughs> My demise has been greatly exaggerated. Yes, and, I don't know if that was Mark Twain, but maybe I. I don't I know. I think it was Mark Twain. Okay, I'll take and your word so, for it. But you know, I appreciate uh, it. But the, and, no, I, I think I, we're not eliminating jobs yet today in volume. What it's going to take is for people to step up. Uh, what do you mean by that? That's that's I like I like that take. I mean, when uh, I don't know another example, and you offered some examples when. Uh, movies came along a little before my time. But at that point in time, they said the previous media, then radio came along and they said movies are going to disappear. Then television came along and they said radio is going to disappear. And if it had, I wouldn't be here now. So are we over concerned or do you want to see legislation to say, okay, we weren't correct about the internet we didn't do everything right there are things no, that happen I, I, 
I agree with you. So, so here's what I would compare it to: is you know the blacksmith or the 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 you know for horses back in the day when cars came out. You got to level up and you got to get new skills and new jobs if that's where you're affected. Jobs won't go away, or jobs will go away, but there'll also be new jobs created. So I don't think you can be too worried about your job going away. You have to start thinking about what can I learn, what am I good at, what are where are the transferable skills. Number one, number two, I think that that where the the internet and is very different than AI. And I think it, what's what baffles me is the government is so big to put their hand into every issue, but they never did it on the internet. And that's the thing that baffles me when we have suicide rates that are higher. We have depression that's higher. We have cyberbullying. But the fact that any kid can have an iPhone and get on Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok and Twitter is beyond me. And, you know, they can't smoke cigarettes until a certain age. They can't drink until a certain age. Heck, pot just became legal, and you can't get that until a certain age. But go on and, and look at whatever you want on the Internet or social media. Do that when you're four. I mean, that seems crazy to me. Uh, on the other hand, you know, regarding the Internet, uh, there are other issues, too, you know, uh, all sorts of other issues. I mean, for example, uh, you can go on the Internet if you go in the right place, apparently. I don't know how to do it. And and you can watch dog fights in action. That's a felony, of course. I mean, you can see all sorts of things that kids, let alone adults, I suppose, should never, ever be exposed to. Uh, so what I'm asking is, OK, we don't want to make the same mistake twice. So should we be concerned about what AI can do? And I guess along with that question, do we even know what AI no. can do? I, th I think what AI is going to be able to do is whatever we can think of, right? So which is a scary thought. I agree with you. But what, what, what AI can do and what you're going to see is just like video games. So, um, and what I mean by that is, okay, you can go on the Internet and you can watch dogs fighting, and that's illegal and that's terrible. You can turn on the news and you can watch people robbing cars. You can go on Twitter and see violent acts that are caught by security cameras. You know, what, what we have is more exposure to everything. And I, 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 the one thing I do agree with on the, the lack of government involvement on, on Internet legislation is parenting has gotten lost a little bit. And I think that at the end of the day, parents are responsible for what their kids do up until a certain age. That's number one. Number two is that when you read things about how the Internet companies like Facebook and, and now Instagram is owned by Facebook, that they knew that it was an addictive uh, Pavlovian response to, to their product, that's a problem. That's a problem. But the idea of having uh, a society of voyeurs at whatever age isn't new. And we've got to put some responsibility on the parents. I want to talk about sensitivity in the workplace. So we don't have enough time. <laughs> so this really did happen to me. Uh, our, our boss here at the radio station is a very pretty lady. And I, I didn't know whether to say you look really nice today. And I had to ask, can I say that? Because it's true. Have we got is this Mary? Is this Mary Boyle? It might be. Have we gotten... Always tell her she looks great. Always. That's number one is when it's Mary, say she looks great. <laughs> she, well, there's truth to that, but could I get into trouble? Or have we just become too sensitive? 
we've become too sensitive. I think we live in this world where everybody's looking for a fight and everybody's looking to figure out why they didn't get so you know if i didn't get a promotion a raise a job it must be that 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 somebody has it out for me god forbid it's ever that i'm not good enough and and if if somebody says something you know if i'm if i don't if i'm not christian and somebody says merry christmas to me well that's offensive well that's not offensive they just made a mistake that happens all the time and if somebody says you look good um that's a nice thing now if somebody says Hey, your 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 tush looks good in those pants. No, that's not appropriate in the workplace, Steve. No, it's right? not. But it, but sometimes it's, it's 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 difficult to understand as an employee. Uh, these are coworkers. They're not necessarily personal friends. Where to? Well, I don't know if I agree with that. Listen, if we're peers and we're in the same place and and we're talking, to me, what we've lost sight of is intent. Is intent. Is did somebody mean to offend you? And if they didn't, then you say to them, you know what? I didn't appreciate it. I didn't like it. I'm I'm a six foot five bald guy, Steve. And and somebody makes fun of my hair. If I'm in a, if or not at lack thereof, if I'm in a ninety nine percent of the time I'm in a good mood, doesn't bother me whatsoever, right? But if I had a twenty two year old in my office or I had a twenty two year old anywhere say to me, hey, baldy, it would bother me. So if I said to is you right now, is it sensitivity? What's the? I mean, what are we talking about? Like we have so many bigger issues to talk about, like the 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 social media and the bullying and all that other stuff. That workplace sensitivity has gotten so far out of line that everybody's looking for something to do other than work. Well, if I said to you, you're right for a Rogaine commercial, then you won't be you won't be upset about it. I but, used it. I, listen, I like the product, but unfortunately, I used it when I was in my twenties, and I had to shave my head in my thirties. <laughs> so it didn't work for you. Don't get me exactly. into trouble with them. But but I, you know, things go in cycles. Uh, later uh, after one o'clock, we'll be talking to uh, a comedian who plays Groucho Marx all over the country, and I'll I will be asking about whether okay, if Groucho were here today, would he be able to get away with the things that he said? Oh come on! Look at Bill Burr. Look at Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle. We are in a cycle change right now. That's what I'm asking. The more things go, I agree. The more things go one way, the more the, the farther they go left and right, the closer we're getting to the middle. Because you're going to alienate everybody else, and it drives you. So little by little by little, it feels like we're getting farther and farther away from each other. But it gets so extreme then that even the people who were who were out there to begin with start coming closer to the middle. And I agree with you. It's a secular society we live in, and we're going through a cycle right now. And quite frankly, I'm more optimistic today than I was two years ago because I think we're closer to the cycle ending. Interesting. What do you think about talking about politics in the workplace? Our politics. I love it. I think it's great. Well, let me finish. Our politics have has become your head of me so divisive that there are reports of people actually who have gotten into fist fights over it. I don't want to talk with you about politics. I, I want to talk with you about the issue about talking about politics. Can you? Yeah. I, yeah, I think you can. I think. I, do, do I think that it causes problems in the workplace? The short answer is yes. Do I believe a workplace where you can have healthy conversations about it is better, more efficient, more productive? Yes, I do. Because if you're going to have a place where you attract people of color, where you would, different people of, of ethnic backgrounds, if you men, women, what have you, LGBTQ+, all those things, 
if you're going to have all a, 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 a mixing bowl, a soup bowl of different types of people, then you should share in the perspectives and belief. What you should be able to do, though, is have the conversations respectfully. But I think that an office that talks about it and can do it respectfully is exponentially further ahead to beat their competition than one that says, don't talk about it here. Well, Tom, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. A great conversation. Texters agree with that. So thank you very much for joining us on the Wintrust Business Lunch. Next time you're back, you'll be talking to John Williams, and that'll, that'll life will be easier. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I appreciate you having me on. Good hearing your voice, and have a happy holiday season, and best of luck in 24. Steve Dale here for John Williams' Wintrust Business Lunch, and I trust more than anyone else on the planet, well... She's in the top 10 anyway. Elise Glink uh, of WGN. Hi, Elise. Hi there. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Did you have a good Christmas? <laughs> it was lovely. How about you? I'm worried to ask that question based on my last conversation. Is that <laughs> something you can ask in the workplace? And we're in the workplace, really, right? Well, I think it's nice to say, how was your holiday? Because you just never know what people are celebrating, and sometimes they're celebrating multiple things. Do you think, though, we've gotten a bit too sensitive about that? It was still Christmas. I mean, December 25th, like it or not, is Christmas. So if I said, how is your Christmas? It is still a day, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, It is also, you know, you can always ask me that question, and I'm happy to answer. It was uh, filling, full of Chinese (laughs) food, as it happens. Filling with what did you say? Chinese food. (laughs) I love that. What did you have? Oh, my goodness. We went down to a place in Hyde Park that's called Jade Court uh, that my has been my mother's uh, very favorite Chinese restaurant for a number of years. It's, this is like the third location of it uh, over the years. And uh, we lost my mother earlier this year, and oh, so we were celebrating how nice. in her memory. How that's 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 absolutely wonderful. I, I hope your family had a joyous time in remembrance. Uh, I, I want to know about our spending, not in my household or your household, all our household, <laughs> from the beginning of Christmas. What is it, about November 1st, when yep. people begin to spend through December 24th? How did we do? Well, it, spending increased. Uh, retail sales were up 3.1% according to the MasterCard spending pulse, Now, which does is that, good. Elise, I, I'm sorry for interrupting. I want to know what that includes. So, does that include brick and mortar only? And is that online as well? Yeah, it's online and in-store, and it includes all forms of payment. So by that, we mean it's not just cash and it's not just credit card, but it's also the buy now, pay later Things like, you know, that you would, you know, you can see them online. They help spread out your payments over a particular um, amount of weeks or in some cases months. And so you see a, a lot of that. It also includes um, it, the MasterCard spending pulse data also looks at different kinds of categories besides retail sales. So they look at restaurants. They look, they break down retail into apparel and some other things as well. So you get a, a really nice broad look at how much people are spending. And the fact that retail sales increased 3.1% is really remarkable because at the beginning of the year, all we heard was we were going to have 
you know, less spending, we were going to go into a recession. And as the year progressed, and as the Fed raised interest rates um, up and up and up and up, what we saw instead was inflation coming down, the job market stayed really steady and strong, the economy stayed really, really strong, and people kept spending. And so all of this goes to show you that the economy is actually in a really good place. We've got a healthy labor market. We've got wage gains, um, not a wage deflation, but wage gains. And so, and the inflation numbers overall are coming down. So all that's left really is slightly higher prices. Okay. So you just said the economy, let me quote you. Yep. The economy is in a really good place. I, I think that's what you said. <laughs> It is. Yet, if you turn on the television, which no one should ever do, just listen to the radio. But if you turn on the television, all these commentators are, oh, the economy, we are going to still plunge into a recession. It's And they talk just like that, perhaps. Uh, mm. is, is that possibility gone at this point, or is that still a possibility? All right. So here's the honest-to-gosh truth. We will have a recession at some point in time. Everybody thought all well, the economists Well, if it's 72 thought, years from now, I'm not sure that I care. So are right. you talking about somewhere down the line in the next year or two? Or are you talking about way down the line? Well, so this is the question, is when is it going to come and how severe is it going to be? So two years ago, everybody thought we'd have a very, very severe, almost depression-like recession. Um, and then that moderated into sort of a moderate recession at the end of this year. And then that was like, no, the economy seems to be achieving this remarkable unicorn soft landing. So we're not really seeing that. Um, and now maybe next year we'll have a little bit of a recession. But I'm not sure we will. The United States has had this remarkably strong economy compared especially to the rest of the developed world, right? When you look at Europe... Britain especially has had a very tough time with Brexit, but even all of Europe is having a very tough time. Other parts of the world, like China, experience really tough times, but not here in the United States. So um, are we going to get one next year? I don't know. We might. I think the Federal Reserve is saying we're going to bring down interest rates next year. They're already coming down. Mortgage interest rates are now below 7%. We've had an incredible stock market. I mean, look at what's going on even today. It just feels like we're going to be breaking all kinds of 2023 records right up until the end of the year. And that's amazing. And eventually, you know, some there'll be some dips. People go, you know what, I have enough money. I'm going to take some of that off the table. But in terms of having a big, deep recession, what I've said all year long on, you know, to John many, many times is... To, to who? My, <laughs> that other guy. That guy. Yeah, that guy yeah. that the comes King, in here normally from John, 10 to 2. John Williams, who, by the way, uh, let me tell you, it is always a pleasure to fill in for others here at WGN. John Williams, it's like, how can I How can I step into his shoes? He's so good, extraordinarily good at what he does. Okay. I, I hope he's not listening because I don't necessarily want him to hear that. But It's such a nice Christmas present that you've given him. No, no. It's, it's, it's well. You're on a lot of radio shows, right, Elise? And you know when someone interviews you who is just so way above everybody else, and John well, Williams is. He John is amazing. He has gotten some marvelous awards uh, recently, which has been nice. Uh, you know, Lisa's great. Uh, you know, everybody on the station is wonderful. And as you know, I filled in for John, too, and it's a tough 
uh, a tough pair of shoes to step into. So kudos to you for doing that. But one of the things that I've told John all year long is that as long as people have jobs, and there are plenty of jobs to go to if you want to change out, and people are earning more when they change jobs, it's hard to imagine how this country would have a recession that's deep and long and scary. I just don't, I just don't see how those two things happen at the same time. Interesting. Uh, and what I want to know is about a couple questions. First of all, mm-hmm. you mentioned that how well we are, have been doing spending money from the very beginning of November through Christmas Eve. And, and you said some verticals, if you will, that might not have been your term, but uh, some categories have, mm-hmm. have done better than others. I want to know which categories have done the best. Elise Glink is here on the Wintrust Business Lunch. She is holding my hand to make things better, to make it easier, holding all our hands, Elise. You said there's good news since about November 1st through December 24th. We spent a lot of money. Uh, That was good for the economy. Different sectors, though, did better than others. What were some that did really good? Right. Well, some of the ones that did really good or really well, trying to use some proper uh, English here. Um, <laughs> really good, yes. Really good stuff. Really good. Uh, you know, what we're seeing is that, you know, when you look at spending in like re- restaurants, restaurants had one of the biggest jumps in spending, 7.8%. And I'm thinking that some of that accounts for what happened with inflation, right? So maybe the same number of people went. But the costs were higher, so the spending is increased. Apparel increased uh, 2.4%, you know, not even as much as the rate of inflation. Obviously, inflation was a lot higher earlier this year. Groceries had gains as well. And we know that the cost of groceries has gone up significantly, depending on what you buy, of course, over the last year. Um, Some of the things that didn't do as well, electronics and jewelry didn't do as well as they had done in prior years. And I think that um, some retailers were a little bit worried. And so one of the things that you saw is that we had sales that started even earlier this year. I think Amazon had, uh, if not one, two, or three maybe Black Friday days, right? And we saw a lot of those early um, discounts. And the discounts were big. The discounts were in the range of 30 to 50%. And they didn't go bigger than that because people, or I should say companies, thought about what happened last year when they had excess inventory, and so they reduced the supply. And so what you saw is that instead, things ran out early. And so I think anybody waiting to look for big sales on this side of the year might be a little bit disappointed on, you know, the post-Christmas sales kicking off today, right? The 26th might not get as uh, many options out there. I don't like that. Uh, lots of text questions for you. We have time for one. I think it's a great question. I, I mean, I'm sure people ask you all the time, Elise, how long is the stock market surge going to continue? This question is, why did it happen in the first place? So it happened because uh, the Fed went out there a couple of weeks ago and they said, we're going to reduce interest rates three times next year in 2024. And what that told the bond traders is that The Fed has hit its high. They're now going to come down. And everybody knows that when interest rates come down, it's cheaper to borrow money. It's cheaper to invest money. It's cheaper for companies to make those big kind of investments in not just people, but equipment and other kinds of things. And so what they're betting is that this is going to juice the economy 
even further, and that's why we're seeing the big rise in the stock market. And truly, it is amazing when you look at where it is. I mean, NASDAQ is up almost 44% this year alone. It's just kind of a remarkable number. We're very close to the all-time high. Uh, If you look at uh, the Dow Jones, it's up 13% this year, and the S&P 500 is up a remarkable 24% this year. And so uh, people, how long will it continue? Boy, I wish I could say forever. I think we'll probably see a pullback in the beginning of the year, but if the Fed really hangs tough and if they continue to lower interest rates, we might have a very, very good stock market next year, which will be good for a lot of people because more Americans are holding stock than ever before. Hmm. All right. Uh, Just a touch of what Elise Glink has to say. Much more when you receive her newsletter. How can people do that, Elise? Oh, you can go to glink.substack.com. What? Or you can just, yeah, crazy. I just put one out this morning, my year-end wrap-up. I got it. You got it. Perfect. I got it. Uh, or you can go to thinklink.com, my website, and sign up there. Uh, by the way, restaurant earnings went up so much because they raised their prices so much, says one texter. Another says, I hope the jewelry prices continue to go up. It'll keep me out of those stores. So, <laughs> Elise, <laughs> thank you so very much. It's always great to talk with you. Oh, you too, Steve. Have a happy 2024. The same to you. I think we could say that. Thanks, Elise. Yeah. Thank you.